There's an overwhelming amount of financial advice in the news and on social media. Who do you listen to? Are they looking out for what's best for you? How do you tune out the noise? In this podcast, trusted advisors Emily Augusto, CPA, and Amanda Vaught, JD, bring their extensive education and experience to delve into all aspects of personal finance. Emily and Amanda make topics like investing, taxes, and financial planning interesting and accessible. And they provide a framework to help you think through the plethora of financial advice and news out there. Are you ready to start making the best personal financial decisions for you? Welcome to Connecting the Dollars with Propel Financial Advisors. Hello, Amanda. Hey, Emily. How's it going? Going well. How are you? Good. I just have a touch of a summer cold here, so excuse my nasally voice. Um, it looks like you're somewhere different today. Yeah, yeah. We're on um, out visiting grandma. Um, nice. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice to have a change of pace. Yeah, one late summer change of scenery, I guess. Mm-hmm, I know, right? In August, it's time to go somewhere. Um and then we were talking, um, it's also time to go see some of these summer blockbusters that are out. And um I know you you just saw the Barbie movie, which I haven't seen, mm-hmm. and I just saw Mission Impossible, which you haven't seen. Right. <laughs> but um they both had some different financial um things mixed in that uh we thought could make for a fun topic of conversation today. Yeah, and before we get into that. I don't know about you, but I have been getting like eight to 10 spam calls a day. And like, you know, your phone will tell you like a spam risk. So I've read that you should just not answer them because then your, your number will be marked not good, but I don't know how to stop it. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. I do. um, I still get them like a couple a day. I used to was getting like 10 or 15 a day and I did the block caller on iPhone I don't know yeah. if Android lets you do that, but that seems to help a little bit. Okay. Yeah. It seems um, like it's different numbers all the time, but yeah, but it almost makes your phone like unusable when you're oh, getting it's terrible. Yeah. It's awful. I hate it. Um, but we've been hearing. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, that's like email too. Like yeah. all the spam that comes in makes email just exhausting. And, mm-hmm. you know, now like people have sort of switched to more texting and now the spam text thing is getting, that's what I'm starting to see a lot more of. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Like your UPS package is delayed. Click here. Yeah. Oh, okay. Don't click here. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So we were just been, we've been thinking about that, um, about different scams and like grips, I guess is the word we were using. And Danielle recently, our coworker, Danielle Woods at Propel, she, um, had her credit card stolen or like like she had the physical credit card but her credit card got compromised and that can always happen but it just kind of brought security and like being aware of these type of things to the top of our minds um so i mean there's not much you can do to uh to like get these people to not target you but you can at least make sure you have your strong passwords um yeah, try doing blocking calls as much as possible, not clicking on things until you actually research or like, do I actually have a UPS package coming? I mean, I don't know. 
Does, mm-hmm. Like Google, does UPS text you? Simple things like that. <laughs> I don't know. That might seem a little overkill, but uh, yeah, like I was saying. Yeah, just- no, yeah. It's like a constant onslaught of this kind of stuff um, mm-hmm. can wear you down. But um, also just, you know, checking your bank statements and credit card statements. Um it's easy to just let that slide, you know, when you get busy, but you know, as things pop up on there, you're like, yeah, um, that can be like an early warning that somebody has taken over one of your accounts or an identity or that type of thing. So, yeah. So just your, uh, I don't know, summer reminder. Yes. There, <laughs> you, go. Look at there you go. There you go. All right. So speaking of the, going back to the movie blockbusters, what, what do you want to start with Barbie or mission impossible? Oh, well, I think mission, uh, uh, maybe Mission Impossible. I don't, because the financial issues weren't that big in it, but um, the what I noticed was that they were using cryptocurrency as a form of payment for their illegal activities. And mm-hmm. it's just, I know the crypto thing has died down a lot, but it's still definitely out there. Yeah. And you know, criminal activity remains the number one use case for crypto. Um, and it's not as glamorous, I don't think, as um, they show in the movies, you know, yeah. it's not some like hot blonde lady getting her crypto payment, you know, that's, um, it's a lot more gruesome than that. And, and I don't want to joke about it, because it's, be- it's, maybe you've seen in the news, a number of these crypto grifter um people have turned up uh dead recently i think you know i've seen like at least five different crypto millionaire billionaires um you know it's awful like um but you know that's who you're dealing with in the world of crypto is a lot of criminals and so if you're going to double cross them um there's awful consequences to that. It's not like a joke, you know? And if you're investing in crypto and putting your money into it, I mean, that's what you're contributing to is this kind of, you know, criminal behavior. Um, So I don't know. I just think it's sort of gross, but. um, I was surprised how many um, of those stories were out there. Yeah, it's really like, and I don't, I don't like trade and conspiracy theories because obviously like, who who knows, like, I guess it could be coincidence, but it just seems like, you know, why, why get involved with that kind of stuff? I don't know. Yeah. Um, For our take on crypto that we recorded, uh, must've been sometime last year or even before that, but we'll put that in the show notes. Just kind of if you are curious about how it works or you know what we thought oh about. yeah we did a deeper dive um mm-hmm. i would say in general we recommend against uh investing in crypto but um i think that's fair to say right emily i don't know yeah i think we can say that okay <laughs> okay all right um so in the barbie movie i just saw it last night and the topic is not like the whole point of the movie is nothing about finance, really, but mm. it just comes up that um, the creative Barbie had some IRS issues. Um, so I was curious, of course, as a tax person to look up what exactly the issue was. Um, 
and I haven't done too deep of a dive yet, but the creator, Ruth Handler, I believe is her name. At one point in, it was like around 1971, she was the CEO of Mattel or she and she, she and someone else at Mattel were like potentially overstating their income as a means to help the share price increase. At least that's what it sounded like upon my research. And so in the end, she was fined by the SEC about $57 million. She was sentenced to some jail time, but I believe they switched it out to community service. So I thought that was sort of interesting. And I don't know. It seems like something that... (laughs) Probably comes it's up like white lot. collar crime, yeah. right? And um, it's nothing new. I mean, they were like joking yeah. about it essentially in the movie. Um, yeah, because so. I don't, our, I don't think our culture takes white collar crime as seriously as maybe it oh, should, right? Absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, they sort of they glamorize it, and you get a movie made out of it. So um, yeah. both <laughs> situations in both movies, it's absolutely gram- uh, glamorized to do this criminal activity. That's like could be really affecting people's lives. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get like it's pop culture. I mean, it yeah. It's we don't have to do, Yeah, it is what it is, but but still it's good to take a step back and think about it like, oh, is this really something I want to emulate? Oh, mm-hmm. well, probably not. You know. I wonder if most people even like thought about that when they've seen either movies <laughs> like like we thought about it. Um, probably not. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> Um, yeah that's i i love that's our movie reviews right we just talk about the finances it's like oh okay i think you missed the point of the movie um but i did like mission impossible i know you know tom cruise makes good action movie Mm -hmm. no matter what other his other issues may be you know yeah true so all right um what else do we have today we have a listener oh yeah we have a listener question we were going to get to um it is so i bought a stock and it went down and i'm sad and upset about it so what should i do kind of a general question but there's Mm. there's definitely some things we can talk about here yeah yeah so i think um you know we they, I think that they didn't say like how much it went down, but I think maybe that's not so relevant. I think, mm-hmm. I mean, it is relevant maybe, but um, the what I hear in the question is the emotional reaction to the event. Like mm-hmm. I feel bad about it or sad about it. And I think in investing, um, recognizing that emotions come up when we're investing is a normal and regular thing that happens. And just recognizing that it is happening is the first step to help you with your decision-making. Because if you're trying to make a decision about what to do based on those emotions, that's when you can get led astray. Yeah. Yeah. But it depends on a lot of things like how much is in it, as you said, like how long have you had it? Um, And like yeah, jumping yeah. to sell it right away may not be the right choice, even mm-hmm. if the stock has gone down. Yeah. And I think um the decision to buy something is is a lot different than decision of when to sell something. Um, and different things should factor into each of those. Um 
But we do think, I mean, in general, we can say we like dollar cost averaging as a strategy when buying um, into the stock market. So once a month buying something um, because prices of stocks or bonds go up and down and they're volatile. Um, and so if you buy some once a month or whatever the time period is, you'll average into the into the stock. So um, there's a lot of different studies that show that's one of the ways to get the best price um, yeah. to begin with. Um, yeah. So if you buy everything on the highest day and then or if you buy half, let's say, on the highest day and half on the lowest day, then you have the price. Your cost basis is that price in the middle. Yeah. Is- yeah. And um, and I think like the the math works for that. But I think the other thing that works for that is the emotions, because you can say you can look, oh, I bought it this day. It's up this percent. I bought it this day. It's down this percent. And seeing that little bit of up can take the edge off the part that's seeing it's down. Um, You know, if you see only the down, you're going to have more emotions about it, which is going to lead to potentially poor decision making. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I was just going to say one other thing is that um, if you are um, buying into the stock market and you're noticing those types of um, feelings like, oh, I feel bad that I did this. I made a mistake. You want to um, keep a log. You know, mm-hmm. I bought it this day. It went down. I'm feeling this way because chances are there's something else that you might have bought that is up. And, um, you know, write those down too. Um, and then you can track, you know, how these purchasing decisions are impacting your feelings because um, people have a tendency to focus more on the negative uh, yeah. returns and think that they're making mistakes instead of focusing on the things that are working. Um, yeah. It's that, that whole idea of like people will only write negative reviews like on Yelp or something if they had a bad experience, but no one writes positive reviews when they have a good experience. So yeah, Mm -hmm. it definitely comes down to emotion and um, it's, it's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then when you're deciding whether to sell something, you know, there's different factors that can come into it. One is um, taxes. Maybe if it's in a taxable investment account, you can Mm -hmm. consider long-term versus short-term gains and what kind of impact that would have. Um, As far as investment decisions, you can think, would I buy more of the stock today? Um, And if the answer is no, that can be a sign it might be time to sell. Um, And then also, you know, obviously I'm biased as a financial advisor, but working with a financial advisor is always a, a good person to ask for a professional opinion um, and get a third party input. Um, I do know a lot of people like to ask like a friend, a trusted relative about their investments, which is fine, but also recognize that they probably know about as much as you do about (laughs) investments, right? Um, There is some. Uh Oh, go ahead. I think I was just going to say people who are professionals and do this all the time and have the experience are going to have a different depth of knowledge than just like a friend. Yeah. Um, And if this is really keeping you up at night and you're someone who is very nervous about the stock market or nervous about making a wrong choice or the right choice, like 
that is definitely um, a sign you may want to hire an investment advisor, a third party, so that you don't have to think about it all the time. You don't have to like keep it on your mind and get be stressed out about it. Um, yeah, yeah. You might feel so, a lot more comfortable running things by a trusted professional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I sir, I found that recently I hired a, a running coach to help me with my running and just the mental load that it has taken off of me is just amazing. I love it so much. Like I don't have to think about, should I run today? How far should I run today? Should I do interval training or should I do a slow run or, you know, it's like, oh, you're telling me what to do. You know, yeah. This is great. I don't have to think about it. I just do what you say. It's just so much easier. And, and yes, it does cost more money than doing it myself, but you know, what is your time worth and what is your stress level worth? You know, um, it's definitely a factor. I think so. Absolutely. That was a great list. I think of things you can think about before you sell something or jump into purchasing or selling something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I guess those were our movie reviews and our, (laughs) yeah, I know. Um, we would love to hear we haven't seen. I know there's other movies out that we haven't seen. Um, but um, if somebody has seen a movie and there was some financial issue that came up that you're curious about, like, please reach out and leave us a comment because we like to check those things out. Absolutely. All righty. Yeah. And let us know if you were also concerned about the tax evasion in the Barbie movie or if you were curious <laughs> about it. all right i think that'll do it uh we're rounding out the summer here and so we'll be back for back to school time yeah right okay talk to you soon bye bye that will do it for this episode of connecting the dollars nothing discussed in this episode should be considered legal financial or tax advice if you like what you heard Please subscribe for more at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your content. When you do, please give us a rating and a review. To see the links we mentioned in our show, along with other great Propel Financial Advisors content, go to ConnectingTheDollars.com. You can find our past episodes there and subscribe to our newsletter. And if you're still here because you have a general question, you can email us directly at info at ConnectingTheDollars.com. Or, if you're interested in working with us, click the Schedule a Consultation button on our website. Thank you for listening.